There is always a moment of resurrection, a renewal, a hope, a possibility, a way of living now that is beyond death and corruption and bondage. This is who we are today, resurrection people, newly alive with hope for the world. Let us gather and worship with the one who shapes the dawn and calls us into it. Hello, I'm Roddy Hamilton, the Minister of New Kilpatrick Parish, and for making this space in your day for us, thank you. Sometimes our story feels rather irrelevant, completely unconnected with the world as it is today. But such passages were very relevant in their day, debating hot topics of the time, but which our time have moved on from. Yet, items that are still there in the Word of God. And we have such a passage today, or so it feels. How might we hear this again? And what's the greater truth that speaks out into our world beyond the local details of the conversation between Jesus and the Sadducees, deep in debate about leveret marriage and resurrection. Don't worry, we'll explain all that too. But where in all of this is the good news? Let us pray. Loving God, Gracious God, companion on the way, may we find ourselves a community here, each in our own places, yet connected by stories and faith and the possibility all this might be real. Such is our hope. May we know that between us we create the body of Christ, the community of love, shared daily hopefully. And even when we don't get it right, and even when we feel we have failed, may we know that love that renews and redeems, that brings new chances and fresh days in which to live and touch the kingdom with possibility and grace. In this time together, may we know we are never alone but connected by the stories we tell and the prayers we make, that in the telling and praying we share one common God who is ever-present and always open to us. And you are that God, that moment, that source, that ground of our being that brings life and love, truth and justice to our words and our world, and we give thanks. Loving God, may we simply rest in silent presence now, in a thanksgiving for hope and love, and know you will never let us go.
here is, as we pray together the Lord's Prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Here's a passage that feels like a a moment in time, but from another time, 2,000 years ago. It's an argument over an issue that doesn't feel relevant to us today. The Sadducees, a group of religious leaders, didn't believe in the resurrection. Pharisees did. But resurrection was a fairly new concept, growing up over the period of time after the Old Testament canon closed. The Sadducees hung on to the old faith, as it were, and tried to ridicule anyone who went for this new concept of resurrection. So they created hypothetical situations that got more and more ridiculous. Here they've created a situation based on an old rule of leveret marriage, which is where a woman is passed on to the next brother in a family if her own husband died. It was a way of making sure the woman and her children were not destitute. The Sadducees concocted this situation where one brother dies and the woman is passed on, and then that brother dies, and so she is passed on through all seven brothers. The question the Sadducees pose to Jesus is, so who is it she finds herself married to in the resurrection? And here's the passage in Luke 20, beginning at verse 27. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And so, in the same way, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore... Whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die any more because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised... Moses himself showed in the story about the bush where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Now he is God not of the dead, but of the living. For to him all of them are alive. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well. For they no longer dared to ask him another question. It's the relevance of the church that keeps me awake at night. 
How can we preach or live or invite the gospel so that it is always relevant? Now, that's easy to do with moral stories, but with passages that simply illustrate a debate between two opposing sides on an issue of their day rather than ours, well, that's not so easy. It hardly feels relevant to us. So it's going to make no inroads to those beyond our walls. But focusing less on the details and rather look at the bigger truth in such passages might be a way forward. Jesus and the Sadducees are having an argument, nothing unusual. Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection, so they offer a convoluted hypothetical situation and present it in order to show how ridiculous the idea of resurrection is. A woman goes through seven husbands under Leveret law. After the first brother dies, the next has to marry her and so on until they run out of brothers. If you believe in resurrection, who will she be married to in the next life? It's a trick question, though for many of us in our community, this feels a real question for many reasons, from remarriage to the ending of abusive relationships where a spouse dies. You don't want that resurrected. My response would be, are we imagining heaven is going to be like earth? I'd bet it isn't anywhere near our experience of the way we relate to people here. The Sadducees had built a question on completely incorrect principles, but there we go, sliding into irrelevance. What is more relevant is in two things. One is the example of how a religious culture can treat certain folk. This passage is about women. Leveret marriage was there to protect women. A family was your welfare system. Well and good. But it's the idea of an ill-conceived religious law where women become family heirlooms passed on from one husband to the next. But if we have learned something about that, we often simply replace one group with another to be on the receiving end of our misogyny, prejudice, fear, conceit in the name of religion. So thank goodness for those contemporary prophets who keep challenging us, keep making us aware of how religion can demean folk, abuse them, silence others. It's a difficult and costly thing to be affirming to folk not like us. That's the other side of religion, the good side, where we free people, love the unloved, lift up the least, affirm those not like us. It would be good to think Jesus is doing just that with the Sadducees, a man not completely of his time who recognised much of what we think in our religion is temporary. He was pointing them, pushing them to think bigger. And that's the second point. Faith evolves. How we read the Bible in one era does not always fit a different era. As people of faith, we sit with some things more lightly than others. Acknowledging religious understanding and experience and culture is always evolving. It is a dangerous thing then to approach the Bible with the attitude that God said it, I believe it, that settles it. If that's the case, then the fact that God said it is in the past tense. That means God could be retired or dead with nothing more to say about a subject because it's already been said. None of, us, none of us imagine that to be true, surely. God is still speaking 
And if that is how we approach scripture and such passages as this, we can hear them as a moment in time, an illustration of where one group were at a single point in history. Jesus does try and goad them on because the word of God is living, always turning towards justice and hope and grace and relevance. That is still the opportunity we have in our communities to tell the bigger evolving story of God. The attempt to hear and tell again our scriptures so that they offer life and freedom to all who hear them, rather than limiting folk, using them for prejudice and thus reducing God to quiet irrelevance. Thank you for letting us be in your company today as we worship together. We have lots of things going on face-to-face in the church and all these activities are there in the bulletin. You can find that on the website at nkchurch.org.uk. The diary is on the front page and then there's lots of bars from the side of the page that will take you through to all the different things that we are doing. So thank you for letting us accompany you today. Next week is Remembrance Sunday, so we will have a special um, podcast and phone line service for that. So please do join us if you can. Other than that, please do feel able to come along to the midweek service if that's something that you feel comfortable with, a shorter service at 11 o'clock on Wednesday, just for 20 minutes, and tea and coffee, etc. afterwards if you wish to wait for that, plus other activities as well. So please do visit the website and um, find out all that's going on in the life of the congregation. But let's draw together our thoughts and our concerns for each other as we pray for the world. Let us pray. Loving God, we pray for peace and truth and hope. And we pray them with words as well as our lives. May we live towards peace in Ukraine, living towards those neighbours who know fear and worry, those in Iran protesting, those in Tigray in conflict. Hear us. May we live towards justice for all, living towards those who are hungry in Somalia, in Yemen, and too many places where hunger is allowed. Hear us. May we live towards those coping firsthand with climate change and bad policy. For COP27 and all those whose land is burned and no longer brings life. Where island nations are flooded out of existence and seasons are confused and animals with them. Hear us. May we live towards our neighbours, those we share our lives with those who are our family and friends, those who are ill mentally and physically, those anxious, worried, fearful, those who feel loss and grief and pain, those who need community again. Hear us. Loving God, hear all our prayers, those spoken and those left unsaid. Hear us all. So be it. Amen.
go in peace. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you.